You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Proverbs chapter 4. Tonight I want to go over some things that we spoke about last week and that we experienced tonight and that we can experience in our lives every single day. How many of you know that there is an enemy out there that's trying to stop what God has designed for you to enjoy? The Bible tells us that when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately to steal that word. And what I have experienced is that when we don't understand the word and we don't understand the power of the word, we don't understand faith, the enemy can confuse us. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And so, yes, the enemy will come. The Bible talks about a shield that will quench every fiery dart. He says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. In other words, the weapon is formed, but it won't work. If you're correctly prepared and you're correctly positioned, no matter what the devil brings against you, he cannot succeed. doesn't mean that the, he won't try, but its success is determined by you. And what happens is a lot of people start putting up all their problems and their failures and what's going wrong. But it's the devil and the devil did this and the devil did that. And then we think we need deliverances. We need, and there is a place for deliverance. Jesus did deliver some people. But you notice that wasn't the main part of his ministry. When he confronted the devil, he just spoke to it, get out, just with a word. Amen. And some people have made whole ministries around that. And I understand that there are people that do need help. But most of the time when we're blaming on the devil is that it could be a decision we've made. Something in the mind realm. We've been talking about that. So the way that you resist the devil, if you think about it, when Jesus was confronted with the enemy and he was tempted by the devil, uh, he didn't cry out, God, please help me. Please take this away from me. He said, it is written. He didn't look at the devil and laugh and say, excuse me, I'm God. You're trying to tempt God here. (laughs) No, he used tools that are available to you. It is written. The word of God. The enemy has no answer to the word. Even when he tried, he said to Jesus, okay, now we're doing it is written. Let me tell you, it is written. And he took Jesus to a scripture. Jesus didn't go, okay, you got me. No, he came back, yeah, but it's written. He always, always, because when the enemy says anything, it's founded in a lie. Just got to realize that. Just know it. If he opens his mouth, he's lying even if it sounds like some of it's true. Why? Because he's got to somehow camouflage it, but the end of it is a lie. And so when we understand that, you walk in a place of freedom. And God wants to take you through to your breakthrough. He wants you to experience everything He paid for on the cross. Why would Jesus pay for something and then keep it from you? The Bible says he bore every sickness and disease on the cross. Why would he say, no, you need to walk through your pain? Then what was the point of him bearing it? If he forgave you for every sin, that means you're totally free. Isn't that right? I mean, you're made the righteousness of God. Well, the same way he forgave you, he has also healed you. And also, even though he was rich for your sake, he became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. And so it's so important to see that. 
And, you know, sometimes people talk about, you know, why do you focus so much on healing and focus so much on, on, on finances? Well, you know what I have experienced is that whenever we get a prayer request, it usually is around either physical healing or finances. Come on, how many you say, how many you know that's true in your life? Amen. Like I heard a man of God say the other day, no one's ever called in and said, please help us pray for the climate change, you know. We, we, things are happening around us. There are times like we do need to pray for our nation and that. But personally, the greatest area the enemy has attacked is in our physical bodies and in finances. That's where he's trying to build up strongholds. And he uses experiences to try and change the way God has given us the truth. I don't form my theology around my experience. I don't hear a word. And say, I think this is what it means. And then when it doesn't work, then I have to change my theology based on what I experienced. No, we, faith doesn't come by your experience. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so we need to make a decision that we're going to take God's word as our central marker. Proverbs 4 verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring the issues of life. Out of your heart spring the issues of life. Now, we had a look at that this morning and we understand that we've always seen it from the perspective of the force, the life force the power that comes from the inner man. That is one of the translations, is the source. One of the words for that, the, the issues of life, is the source. So your spirit man is the source of life. God places his spirit within you, and that's the source of your life. But another way that word can be read is boundaries, borders. And so what happens is, uh, our heart, by whatever you receive, whatever you've chosen to believe, in other words, whatever you allowed into your life, be it through people, through mentors, what you read, what you watch on the internet, the input you take, because I know what it's like. Sometimes it's, 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 you know, let me just see what the other side thinks. And before you know it, you're down a rabbit hole of listening to this junk and that junk and this junk. And you can be sitting there thinking, oh, that's nonsense. I don't believe that. I don't agree with that. But you keep listening to that. Eventually, the enemy will put a hook in there and start to twist it and start to cause doubt and unbelief to rise up. And as long as he can do that, he can bring a destruction to the word that's already in there. And so this is what he's describing here is guard that heart space. Protect it. Look up. Don't look to the left or to the right. Now watch this because out of it are the borders. In other words, in our minds over time, through the experiences you've had, be it tragedies, heartaches, people that may have uh, oppressed you, ca called you names, forced you into situations you didn't want to be in, through whatever it might be, through people saying stupid things, just, you know, the teacher that didn't know any better, just saying, calling somebody a name or, you know, you're no good, you'll never make it. These kind of inputs eventually form borders. 
They form, and the, if I want to use a word that we're familiar with from the scriptural perspective, that is strongholds. Strongholds. Because what happens is that even though I want to, I come into church and I hear hallelujah, God set you free. And in the atmosphere's faith, yes, amen, praise God, I believe. And by the time you walk out here, man, you are healed. You're a millionaire. You have everything changed. You've got a new business. Your ministry is going to explode and grow. And then you go and then Monday. Something happens on a Monday. Isn't that right? And then by Wednesday, the knees are buckling and, and you barely get to home cell and then you're crying and you need help. And then Thursday, and you drag yourself in here on Friday and then Saturday and then Sunday we sit down and go, Pastor, feed me again, please. And God doesn't want us living this kind of lifestyle. He doesn't want you on a Sunday peak and then bottom out and then come for a rev on Sunday. He wants you, the way you walk out here on a Sunday is that's how you live. The just shall live by faith. And the only thing that's stopping us are these boundaries. Because in the, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so we found out this morning, the way that you do that, the way that you resist that. Remember, you prosper in all things, even as your soul prospers. We saw in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How do I change? It begins with a mind change. So we had a look at that this morning. We talked about renewing the mind. That's your first place, is that you need to know what God says about you and believe it. Without faith it is. Impossible to please God. He who comes to God must believe that he is and believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so I must believe that God has a reward for me. I must believe no matter what I'm going through, God already has given me a solution to get out of it. God's already established your victory. Thank you for those five amens. I said, God has already established your victory. Amen. Say amen like you believe it. I know, like, oh, I hope so, but no, God has established your victory. Amen. But it's on the other side of your worship. Have a look at 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we don't war according to the flesh. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal. Let's do it again. Look at the person next to you. Grab him by the hand. Look him in the eyes. Look deep into their soul. And tell them, I am completely, thoroughly, entirely, absolutely, without any doubt, convinced you are not my problem. Some of us need to do that more often. Because it's so easy to blame the other person. If you lived with the person I'm living with, Pastor, you... Uh, uh, uh. Our problem is not people. People will be people. 
Isn't that right? You can't legislate people to be good. That's evident in this country. You can say thou shalt stop at a red robot. I know you all do, but praise God. You know, I'm talking about a whole bunch of lawless people outside there. It went quiet now. <laughs> For international, the robot is, is a traffic light, not, not a... And, and, okay, so. The rest of the world calls it traffic lights. We say robots and they go, what? Anyway, we do not war against flesh. People are not our problem. Our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. God's given you the power to get rid of the strongholds out of your life. How? Cast down the argument and everything high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Begins with the thoughts. Begins with the thought. We must bring our thoughts into captivity to think only scriptural word thoughts. Ephesians 6 verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. How? Put on the whole armor of God that you can stand against the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle flesh and blood. Family, is that clear? The word says, by the mouth of two or three witnesses, the truth is established. Just say it like you believe it. People are not my problem. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the wiles of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness of the sage, against spiritual hosts of weakness in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having all done, having done all to stand. And he tells us how to stand. Having girded your place with truth, your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench how many? All the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now listen to this. Praying always with prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now I look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. Stand. Now notice God is saying you have to take a stand. Not sit down and cry. When the enemy comes against you, stand. Now notice he says stand how? Stand fast, stand firm in the liberty by which Christ has made us free and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. Everybody say a yoke of bondage. Now what's a yoke? It's something the enemy tries to put on us to hold us down. Again, a stronghold. It's like he's limiting your thoughts. He's limiting where you believe you can go by putting strongholds on you. It's a yoke that keeps you in place. Now notice, you, it says, don't be entangled again. That's how we started. We all came in here with strongholds. We all came in here with yokes of bondage. 
But praise God, Christ made you free. Lift your hand and say, Christ made me free. So if He's made me free, why am I still messing with the old thoughts? Don't let the old way of thinking entrap you again. All those thoughts, those bondages, the, the depressions and the struggles and the battles, you're not going back there, family. The sense of hopelessness, hopelessness, the loss, the, just that dark. No, you're done with that. You now are part of the kingdom of light. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. Tell your neighbor, I am royalty. Say it again. Now tell them, so are you. His own special people. Now listen to this. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. Say this, God called me out of darkness into His light. And you believe that? So when he's trying to drag you back into darkness, back into oppression, back into depression, back and remind you of what a bad, horrible life you have, uh-uh, that life is over. I am born again. I am royalty. I am God's special person. And now I praise him. The word says, put on the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Say what? Put on the garment of praise for the spirit, 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 spirit of heaviness. That's a demon. Didn't say cast the demon out. You see, family, you gotta get a hold of this. You can cast, if, if someone came and said, I have depression, would you cast it out of me? I can cast it out. That devil will listen to me. He will leave. But he's waiting outside of that door. Because he knows, I'll listen, I have to listen to it, Pastor Allen. But you've let me into your life. And the moment you walk out that door, not you, but the person. The moment they walk out the door, the devil's going to come right back in. And before the night's out, they'll be depressed again. I, if you cast out a devil, it'll go. But the word says he'll go and find seven others and try and get back in. And if he finds the house swept clean, which means it's empty, he'll move right back in. The next phase of that person will be worse than the beginning. What must we do? How do you get rid of praise, uh, get rid of depression, the spirit of heaviness? Praise, praise, praise. Praise. In other words, you resist the devil, tell it to go. You take that tree, pluck it out, cast it out, and then fill the house with praise. Fill the house 
with praise. You've resisted, you've cast him out. Now fill the house with praise. You've renewed your mind. God's got this. God is my Savior. He is my Lord. He has healed me. He has delivered me. He's got a great future for me. He's got an amazing plan for my life. He's, he's already changed me. He's transformed me. He's renewed me. He's saved me. I'm destined for an eternity with a king. I'm royalty. I'm his chosen child and I'm making a decision. Now fill the house with praise. You've got all the word you need. Now stand. How do you stand? Praise and praise and praise and praise and praise and praise. I thought I'd have more people praising by now. See Philippians 4 verse 4, rejoice in the Lord. How often? When? When? And then again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for how much? Tell your neighbor, no worries here. But in everything by prayer and supplication, listen, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, will guard your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. You're having trouble sleeping at night? There's all kinds of nightmares plaguing you. Don't know, oh, I need to sleep, I need to sleep, I need to sleep. I remember I, before I was born again saved, I used to have a really hard time falling asleep. There were times that I would lie there and I knew I had to get up in the morning, I had so much to do, I just need to sleep. And I, you know, like somebody says, the one thing you've got to fake to do before it happens. You've got to fake like you're sleeping. I'm, my, my wife, Janine, she's totally something else. She's got the switch. How many know someone like that? You might be that person. We'll say goodnight. She'll turn over and say, oh, no, one more thing. She's, she's gone, man. It's like, you said goodnight. She switches off. And so, <laughs> you know, me, I have to, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. I receive your gift of sleep and it'll be a sweet sleep. Because before I had that, I would lie in my bed thinking, if I ram my head hard enough on this headboard, then I can wipe out and I'll wake up in the morning. <laughs> That's kind of how I felt in those only way I'm going to fall asleep. But family God, God never intended for you to fall asleep that way. He gives His beloved Sweet sleep. And if you're lying there and there's worries and anxieties, don't lie there. Oh, I wish I could sleep. 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 No, get up and start praising. I've, I've done it very often. If I lie there and it's a little too long, I go down to my study and go somewhere where the family can't hear me and I'll just worship, just worship, just worship, just worship, praising God, worshiping. Take all that care, Lord. All these things that are trying to keep me awake, just take it away from me. Remove it. I roll all that care on you. And I give him glory. And then I come back into bed. I need to get there quickly. Because now I'm, I'm already sleepwalking. And I'll get down in that bed. You're out. Are you with me? It's, it's praising. Filling the house with praise. With thanksgiving. There's a peace that surpasses understanding. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm chapter 8. You know, I've heard people say, um, God created us to worship Him. Now, I understand what they say by that, but technically, according to the Word, that's not entirely true, because 
Um, first of all, it speaks of a narcissism. Someone says, a what? <laughs> it's where I need power, I need power and I need to be recognized and I need, it's all about me and I need people to acknowledge me and, and I don't have it, so I create this whole species just so that it can worship me. Now, that's not our God. When you study, He is love. And everything He describes in His Word about love is always expecting the best of someone else, wanting their best, wanting to give to them, always uplift them. That's, that's love. And besides that, the angels already were worshiping Him. He's had an eternity with angels worshiping Him. And their cries every day, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Now, the word does tell us that God lives his, his very own heart is that everything he does is by faith. Isn't that right? And so he's got the, this angelic force feeding him with who he is. Okay, don't take me down that way. I'm not going there tonight. But what I am saying here is if we want to know why God created man, how many of you would like to know? How many of you would know? What is life? Why was why I'm on this planet? Let me see. Anyone ever asked yourself that question? Would you be okay if the Bible answered that for you? So let's have a look at Psalm chapter 8, verse 4. Well, let's look at verse 3 first. We, we're going to kind of go backwards. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. In other words, God created all these things. I'm looking at all of creation. And when I consider it, I'm wondering, why is all of this here? And then verse 4, what is man that you mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Everybody look up. We're talking about a royal king here. And if you look at royalty, everything about royalty is you visit royalty. You don't find a king going to someone's house when they want to talk to them. They summons them. Isn't that right? Even the devil knows. When he wanted to talk to God about Job, he went to him. That's, that's the whole thing about royalty. He stays on the throne. You want to talk to me? You come to me. And that's what angels don't understand. Because when he created this man, he got down off his throne and he went to go visit with his child. I need to hang out with my son and my daughter. Are you with me? And, and it's like, what is man? that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visited him, you have made him a little lower than the angels. Now, if you do a Hebrew study, that is not the accurate translation. That word there for angels is the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim. Now, Elohim is the Hebrew word used in Genesis chapter 1. When Elohim said... Let us make man in our image. Elohim said. That's the Hebrew. So who are we talking about? God. So this is a translator who didn't have the courage to write what was actually there. Let it, God made man just a little lower than himself. No, you see, that's someone who hasn't had their mind renewed to who they are. You're a son of God. God's created you. In other words, there's only one supreme God. There's only one creator. You'll, no one will ever be on that level. But when he created his child, 
In other words, you are created in His image. He said, let us make man in our image. In other words, you're exactly like God, except you're not omnipotent, omnipresent, omniscient, and the supreme creator. Other than that, you're his child. So God created man just a little lower than himself. You've crowned him with glory and honor. And you have made him for what reason? There it is. You made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. And you put all things under his feet. Hallelujah. Say this, God created me to enjoy all the creation that he's made. Why would he create all of this? So that you could live in it and enjoy it. Hallelujah. So now we know why God created man. Because he wants you to experience his life that he has as God. He wants you to enjoy the same thing. Go Go make, go multiply, go be fruitful, do what I do, create, be, exist, love. So he's given us that same life. Jesus said, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and have life more abundantly. That word life there is the life that God has. This is not just talking about living, breathing. It's talking about experiencing life the way God designed for himself the way he enjoys life, he wants you to enjoy that same life. Okay, now with that, that's where we get to. What gets us there? Why is he saying all of this? Come back to verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens. Now listen to this. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have ordained strength. Why? Because of your enemies. Now again, when you read that, the way it's translated, yeah, it is an accurate translation of the Hebrew word. But the Hebrew word has more meaning to it than just strength, just power strength. You've ordained power. You've ordained strength in a baby. No, if you read it and you look at it, there's an extra meaning that comes out of that. In other words, it's not just strength. It is a spoken strength. Let me say it again. It's not just an inward strength. It is a spoken strength. A voiced strength. If you had to speak in strength, what would you be doing? you would be praising. You would be speaking the Word of God. You would be declaring what He says. Not what I think. Not what I'm feeling. I'm saying what He's already said. Now, that, that translation is confirmed out of the very mouth of Jesus. You've heard me say something. I don't know how you would believe Jesus if He said it. Only three people. I thought, okay. So you'd be okay with Jesus being your teacher. Matthew 21 verse 14. The blind and lame came to Jesus in the temple and he healed them. 
But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying out in the temple saying, Hosanna to the son of David. So now they're praising him because they've seen all the miracles. They were indignant. What does that mean? They were offended. See, that's what Jesus was talking about. It's a stronghold in their life. There's boundaries they're not willing to cross. They're indignant and said to him, do you hear what these people are saying? They're praising you. And Jesus said to them, yes, have you never read out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you have perfected praise. You have perfected praise. So that's Jesus' interpretation of the scripture. So let's take his interpretation and take it back to Psalm 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of nursing infants, you have perfected praise. Why has God given you the ability to give him perfect praise? Because he needs to hear it? No. To silence your enemies. God saw an enemy coming your way. So he said, let me give you a tool. I'm going to tell you who you are. You already have the victory. The battle's mine. I'm giving you the victory. I want you to know I'm right there with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to fight this devil for you. I'm going to run him off. All I need from you is to say it. I'm giving you the promise that I will deal with the devourer for your sake. I will take care of the situation. I've already paid the price for your healing. I've paid the price for your provision. I've given you the word that will cause the faith for it to rise in you. I've given you the ability to speak that word. I've given you the knowledge to believe it. Now, all I need is for you. I'm giving you the tool. I see an enemy coming. I prepped you for it. Now you open your mouth and begin to praise me for it. Just worship me for it. Just exalt my word. Exalt. And if you praise, if you praise, if you praise, if you praise, if you would praise, if you would worship, if you would praise, then it will silence that enemy. It'll let the enemy know who you believe. It'll let the enemy know what you're standing on. It'll allow the enemy to see and recognize you're not buying into his lies anymore. He took his best shot at you and he lost. It didn't buckle your knees. It didn't cause you to fail. It didn't cause you to burst out in tears. Instead, you lifted your hands and you praised me. It confuses the enemy and he flees. Oh, come on, give him praise if you can do it tonight. Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Come on, come on, come on. Worship, 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 worship. Worship. Praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him tonight. Praise him tonight. Hallelujah. Family of God, no matter what you're going through, praise your way out of it. You're on the brink of a crossover. You're right there. The last phase is praise. The last phase is thanksgiving. 
the last phase. You've done it all. You took the scriptures. You built your confession. You've confessed the word. You've done all to stand. Now lift that voice and give him glory. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. <laughs> How do you think Paul and Silas got out of that prison? They didn't have a lockpick. They didn't have inside that could pay off. They had nothing left. Everybody hated them for what they were doing. But they knew one thing. Only reason I'm in this prison because I'm in praise, talk, talking about how good God is. Now, do I believe it now or don't I? So how do I prove I believe it? Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Praise Him. Family, this will deal with the most serious doubt that tries to enter your mind. How many of you have been challenged with that? The devil tells you, oh, are you sure God still lives? Come on, have your head. And you think, man, I wish I didn't doubt. I, I wish... I want to get to the place where I just don't doubt anymore. Come on, how do you know what I'm talking about? The way you do that is praise Him. Praise, praise, because you won't worship somebody who's not there. Just praise, 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 praise. Worship, worship, worship. Just praise, praise. And as you do that, family, God is enthroned on the praises of His people.